today of, we're running in real time, right? Yeah. Not a co-host. I'm used to being a co-host on another show, but I'm the sole host today of Democratic Dialogue. And our guest today, David Gothier, is over here on my left. David has led a charmed life. He's never met me before. <laughs> but I'm until very, today. Until today. Right. Until today. Um, let me know about what you, what you do. You, we've discussed just a little bit some of sure. the enterprises in terms of podcasts and video and so forth you're doing. We're going to talk today about public access and its importance to community building and being up to date on what's going on in the world. But, but what's your organization and what do you do in it? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Mike. It was a, it's great to be here. Uh, I've been in community media for about 25 years, I think, now. Um, I've held almost all the jobs that one can have in this field. And currently I'm, I'm running the station, I'm the executive director in Winchester, Massachusetts, so not too far away from here. Mm -hmm. I'm a Salem resident and have been my whole life. I, right. I sort of cut my teeth, I guess, in the business at Salem Access TV. So uh, there I did a lot of programming and production and training and those kinds of things. So. I've been in this business for, for quite some time, and, and I'm also, uh, with the time left over, uh, I'm the president of Mass Access, which is an uh, advocacy agency that's statewide and sort of vies for the rights of community media stations across the Commonwealth. So we're our membership organization. So uh, stations like 1623 mm -hmm. uh, can be members of Mass Access, and they enjoy the benefits that uh, we offer. And a lot of that has to do with sharing resources, sharing ideas, and, and just uh, getting to know the other neighboring stations, what they're doing, best practices, mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. sorts of things. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, well, we want to dig into it mm -hmm. uh, and talk particularly about where this originated. The show here, the Democratic Dialogue, was started the better part of 20 years ago. And it's Catherine amazing. Bayless gets a tip of the hat on, on that. New show every, um, every month. Sometimes we're talking to candidates, sometimes talking about advocates for uh, various issues. Uh, I'm gonna play the old timer card a little bit. I'm a Gloucester guy, and in the early 1950s, I had a paper route in my neighborhood Gloucester Times was a vibrant paper at that point, a lot of good reporting. There'd be somebody at the school committee meeting, obviously somebody at city council meeting, there'd be neighborhood reports. Mm -hmm. I would buy the paper for three cents and sell it for five cents, and it was a wash in cash uh, as a consequence. <laughs> um, and now the paper is still doing the best it can with limited resources and with less advertising money coming in and so forth. So um, where did community access start from? And I, I have only the barest of knowledge about what the um, FCC requirements are when, okay. uh, when things work. So, so where do we live in the, both the economic and in the regulatory world? So the short story about the history 
is that you know, when cable first became the it technology, and that was way before we we, we had cell phones in our right. pockets and, you know, the internet and YouTube and all these things, some forward-thinking people thought, wouldn't it be a good idea if everyone was able to take advantage of the technology that is now available? Everybody's sort of interconnected through these cables. So federal law was passed saying that when a company comes into a city like Gloucester, and wants to use public rights of way in order to sell their mm -hmm. product, they need to give back to that community in the form of you know, franchise-related costs. So they, they pay for using public land, telephone poles, and those kinds of things. And, and also, in many cases, for a monopoly, basically. They... Well, it, yeah, I mean, in some. And I, I don't know, in Gloucester, you have only one provider? Or... Yes, and uh, I'm looking over your shoulder to City Hall. I was on the um, initial cable selection committee, and it incorporated not just Gloucester, but uh, Rockport, economies of scale, and, and so forth. But at least at that time, it was going to be one bidder who mm -hmm. won, and we were looking at what they did, and they would compete in part by the package that they would offer, some of it voluntary, some by regulatory fiat. Yeah. That's an interesting thing about Massachusetts is that uh, the Commonwealth is one of only about a half a dozen states in the Union who have local franchising. So Gloucester huh. goes out and uh, negotiates a contract with Comcast. Salem, where I live, does the same thing. They negotiate with Comcast. Winchester, where I work, there are two providers. So Winchester you know, goes through every five to 10 years and renegotiates contracts with both Comcast and Verizon because they have two providers down there. So is, it is, is a little the, different. Is the community access part of that negotiation then? Typically, yes. Um, you know, if the uh, community media station is, is doing a good job, um, then the uh, cable advisory board, those, mm -hmm. those uh, city and town boards are going to vie for those rights, try to get them as much as they can in negotiations, and that's, that's an important thing. Uh, a community media station or municipality can argue for up to 5% of gross annual revenues that the cable company makes in that particular mm -hmm. municipality. And again, these are different state to state. Some of them have statewide franchi franchising where the, uh, the percentage of that gross annual revenue is set and then everyone in the state gets that. Some other states do it on a regional basis too. Mm -hmm. So sort of like the, the model here at 1623. So you mentioned part of what your organization does, this is mass, mass access, access yes. mass access is get best practices so mm -hmm. communities can learn from one another. We were in it early, and there are plenty of shows beyond our democratic dialogue mm -hmm. and so forth. But as you look at different communities throughout the state, what do you see right now as um, innovative and interesting that maybe we in Gloucester ought to, Gloucester and Rockport, I should say, ought to, uh, ought to consider? Well, I really like what 1623 is doing. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing about the individual um, local franchising here in Massachusetts is that different municipalities can decide the way they want to present themselves. Now, I don't want to assume anything, but I feel as though 1623 has made a conscious decision to uh, up their production value and really make high quality uh, staff produced uh, content mm -hmm. 
as well as still doing the traditional values of bringing in members. We have some members here that are helping us here today, bringing in members, teaching them how to access all of this technology and harness it to, to express themselves. So I think that's a wonderful thing. Different stations are doing a lot of local news. We mm -hmm. talked about that. Uh, the, the deserts, the media deserts, that print media drying up is leaving. Now, community media is filling that void a lot of times. A lot of cities and towns have their own news programs, sometimes on a daily basis. Wow, wow. You know, so um, there's a lot of municipal coverage because I think we find that to be very valuable to the audiences. We talked a bit about podcasting mm -hmm. and um, using just audio to, to reach different audiences. I know uh, we did a staff produced one for a couple of years down in Winchester, and it was very, very successful. So, Can we back up a couple of paragraphs? Yeah. When you talk about daily news shows in mm -hmm. some communities, um, Gloucester is 30,000, uh, maybe wrong in this, Rockport I think is a hair under 10, something of, of that sort. Um, are there communities that size who have daily uh, news shows? Yeah, there are, uh, you know, obviously, when you get into the smaller municipalities, it just do the math. Mm -hmm. Even if you're getting 5% of the gross annual revenue from that small town, that's not gonna add up to a whole lot. So you have to think a lot about how you responsibly expend those resources that you do have. If you have a daily news program, you're probably gonna have to have a news director mm -hmm. and you have to have staff that's producing constantly, constantly, constantly. But uh, there are a few that have made that sort of their priority. And again, that speaks to that individuality that we have here. You mentioned the kind of a news desert um, because local papers may be very well intended, but their revenues are down substantially. Um, I don't, I, I wanna hear a good argument, a counter argument. Any of the conventional press argue that this is unfair competition, that they're losing readership? I hope they, that's not the case and you can show it um, uh, because of community access on TV. I don't, I haven't heard that. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're doing it right, you're working with the local print media. Uh, you can really enhance each other's product by working together. Even the print media now, there's a big push in, in online content, and it's not just print. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, you know, they want photos, they want video. If you're sharing resources, you're basically serving the same mm -hmm. folks, right? It's the same way. audience, right. right? So yeah, so I haven't heard where I think it's competition. I think if you're doing it right, you're sort of working together on that. That was my intuition, but I wanted yeah. testimony from somebody who is <laughs> I, actually actually in this. Yeah, I haven't heard it, but I suppose it's possible. But what do we have? 350 plus cities and towns mm -hmm. in Massachusetts, um, and Gloucester is its own little island. Um, uh, a lot of self-identity and uh, and pride, a lot of factions too, and mm -hmm. so, so forth people with long memories, I'm one of them. Um, I'm, I'm wondering whether we're a little bit of a peculiar community in the sense of, um, this shows my parochialism, but some suburbs that are less distinctive, uh, yeah. they may feel that I'm sliding them if you're, if you're native and next to Wellesley and yeah. so forth. Maybe there's a difference, but it's not as marked as Gloucester is from, from either of those communities. Um, 
So I'm wondering whether Gloucester is sort of a special case that we are in this early mm -hmm. and um, you have the arts, you know, you have sports yeah. and, and so forth on that. I think that's a really important charge of any community media center is being entrenched in that community and understanding what it is that those residents are looking for, what matters to the residents. Mm -hmm. Because the way that I run a station in Winchester may not work for running a station in Gloucester or running a station in Rockport or running a station in Pittsfield, right? So I think you have to, if you're, if you're running one of these stations, you have to get out there, speak to the people, understand what it is that they're looking for, what it is that you know, makes them unique. And how can you best serve them? That's how you're gonna survive mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. future. If you make yourself an invaluable part of the community that you're serving, that's your best hope for survival, I think. When we were talking just before the you know, camera flipped on, um, you mentioned that there are some communities that lost their papers some time ago. Mm -hmm. And that's a barren desert there in terms of not just news, but a sense of togetherness and sure. so forth. So in some sense, they may have forgotten what they're, they're missing without naming <laughs> names, which obviously you wouldn't want to do. But um, that must be a, a challenge to rebuild that sense of commitment to the community. Yeah, I think it is, Michael. And it's, it's, a, it's an interesting aspect because I think, number one, it's an inaccessibility issue. In what sense? Well, there are people that can't get to municipal meetings, mm -hmm. whether you know they have, yes. you know, they they may have a physical problem, or they, you know, they may just not have a schedule that's convenient to get to these meetings. So we're filling a void there and allowing people to to be part of mm -hmm. their local government. If that goes away, how does one participate? How does one become? Uh, a knowledgeable voter. You know, you think about all the content that goes around as far as elections go and, you know, local hot topics. I know right now they're, they're building, they're rebuilding an MBTA station in Winchester and there seem to be endless meetings about it, right? Yeah. You can imagine, yeah. right? Right in the middle of downtown, historic downtown, yeah. you know? So everyone is up in arms. The business community is upset. Some of the residents are upset. And there are people who maybe I just don't like the way it looks in the plans, right? Yeah. So how do people stay involved? Well, if you can't get to that meeting, you, you have to make sure that someone's there with a video camera so mm -hmm. you can participate after mm -hmm. the fact. I think we that's may have really a breaking important. story coming. Yes, around this is, I love this part. Around, this is this corner. is what we do, right? This is a, you'll come into the camera view of fire a <laughs> truck coming down from the from the station. You don't often see that on Channel Five. Or yeah, to the truck, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and we may have more to follow. But we were talking about this sense of of public access. As first, I thought you meant in terms of the media, but you meant I'm again looking at City Hall here. Mm -hmm people who can make it up the stairs to go to a council meeting yeah. or a committee meeting or something of that sort. Well, one thing that I've found, and, and, and part of what we do at Mass Access is, is we try to pass legislation that is friendly toward community media. Just recently, uh, we uh, had introduced a bill with the help of uh, Representative Paul McMurtry. Uh, he's down in Westwood. Mm -hmm. And uh, he introduced a bill uh, that would 
follow the model of cable, but stretch it further to streaming entertainment mm -hmm. companies mm -hmm. like it, Hulu and Netflix and those kinds of things. As you understand, younger folks especially, and a lot of even older folks, because it's, it's, it's less expensive, are cutting the cord to cable. Mm -hmm. So they're going away from cable, they're getting their entertainment from these streaming companies. Well, the streaming companies aren't paying for the use of yeah, public I was gonna rights. Say, yes, right. They do not. So they are not contributing to their local economies. They're not contributing anything. They're not giving back to their consumers. So we would like to see Massachusetts pass some law that would require that, very similarly to the way that uh, the, the, the cable model works. Without getting deeply into the weeds, how would you do that if I, as an entrepreneur, wanted to create some kind of platform that was about Cape Ann? Mm -hmm. um, I, under this legislation, I would have to pay some portion of what? This, we were cognizant of that when, when, we mm -hmm. wrote the, uh, when we wrote the bill, and we put a cap on it. So if you are making over a certain amount of money mm -hmm. on, on your streaming, so what we didn't want to do was tax ourselves, right? Because many of the community media stations are streaming content all over the place, so we didn't want ourselves to be caught in this net, Yeah. right? So uh, we said if it's over a certain amount of money, and forgive me, I don't even remember what that mm -hmm. figure was, but an entrepreneur should be able to reach a small enough audience here in Cape Ann uh, and make a little money, mm -hmm. off, on, uh, you know, but not have to pay a huge amount. And we're talking about five percent on revenue too. So if someone was making a little money, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge amount to to give back. But the, when you say streaming, this is something that I could get on a pretty good you know iPhone or Android phone or something of yeah. that sort. Yeah. Uh, in that regard. So a lot of people are are moving to that form of entertainment, and you know, the only thing that pays the bill for community media is cable. Mm -hmm. At this point, mm -hmm. satellite TV doesn't carry these signals, so they don't they don't pay. They, although there is a, a tax in place uh, in Massachusetts, so the uh, direct TVs of the world are paying a little bit. Uh, community media doesn't see that money, but hmm. we think that eventually, and this is happening in about a dozen other states across the country, that there are you know it's tied to sales tax for the most part. So we're not reinventing the wheel here. Uh, people are starting to see that well. These companies are sort of getting off scot-free. They're they're not giving anything back. Mm -hmm. You know, they're making tons of money, uh, and it's just growing all the time. But they're not giving anything back. So I think eventually Massachusetts will will pass something. What we were trying to do as Mass Access was to was to be in there on the ground floor in the conversation and say this is a good solution for us because if we take this pie, say, you know, this pie that we're collecting here, that 5% of gross annual revenues, you give 40% to the municipality, you give 40% to the media center, and 20% can stay with the state, everyone is happy with that, and everyone's mm -hmm. making a little money, unencumbered mm -hmm. state funding. So when we go back to money, cameras cost, cost money, yeah. uh, the technology, people to help oversee all of this Absolutely. cost money. And without some kind of revenue source, all the good intentions of the world aren't going to do the community building that you're interested in. And that's what we're looking at. Um, the Massachusetts uh, community media centers have seen about a 7% decrease in funding mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. And that uh, has to do with a lot of different factors. You know, uh, Comcast especially is infamous for the way that they're doing accounting now and, you know, uh, there's there's a 
there's a national movement to try to reverse some of those practices that they're Maybe doing. Maybe it has some of the old Adelphia DNA. I'm in not it. really sure what they're, they're doing. They got in trouble on yeah. a variety well, of things. Well, those things go beyond me. The way that they're allowed to package it and yeah. then present it in a different way. But a lot of that does have to do with the cord cutting. You know, and that's that's the term that we use for folks who go away from cable, you know, in favor of other streaming type of services or online services. So uh, that revenue is going down. That revenue will only continue to go down. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, about the FCC and the order that they passed. Now, that's it's it's a whole ball of wax. But you know what they basically did was say that. You know, there are certain things that we can define as cable, yeah. as in-kind donations. So if you're getting free cable drops in City Hall, uh, if, if Comcast is coming in and building an inf a fiber infrastructure for you to send signals across town, they shouldn't, you know, they should be able to take that away. They should be able to, you know, say that that's an in-kind cost and we're going to take that away from that 5%. I see. I see. That's what they've done. Yeah. They, in this case, being the media companies, the I shouldn't say media, but the Comcast of the world. Well, it was the FCC's order. Yeah. Ajit Pai, who's the chair, he is, you know, a former cable executive. So let's call it what it is. He was doing a favor for his, his friends, friends, you right. know, and, and they passed this order. So, you know, there's obviously there's, there's a there's some, you know, big objections to this, but you know, you add, right now we haven't seen a ton of deductions due to the FCC's order. Uh, we were worried about it, went into, went into place on September 1st of 19. I remember the attention that was given to this when it was yeah. under discussion. So it's, it's more complicated and it's more important that we understand that. Let me replay and yeah. then you can correct, well, you know, you get partial credit on this. <laughs> sure. So, so part of the argument for um, support we can worry about the support, but support for public access is um, our hometown papers, mm -hmm. and sometimes our regional papers um, have dried up. I'm I'm so happy the Gloucester Times is a going concern, or at least appears to be, mm -hmm. but they just don't have the resources to be what they used to be. So then the question is, how do you create a sense of community, share information, and so forth? give access to people for whom trudging the stairs in City Hall mm -hmm. just is too hard and it's at night and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, these other media, uh, whether it is streaming media or whether it's through cable and so forth, um, can fill that void and also provide an experience that's different from reading something in, in print. So that's all to the good. Now, what you've taught me a little bit is where the money comes from and that Massachusetts is a little bit different in that communities are negotiating their own packages, mm -hmm. and part of the package is a commitment to local access. Yep. Um, and some communities are further along in figuring out how to organize that and what the priorities ought to be. Absolutely. What do we need to underscore in all of that in not only how people understand kind of what the system is, and I think we've gotten there, but is there anything our viewers can do um, to help support the enterprise and make it even more vibrant? Well, I think at this point, um, we're not seeing a ton of, of, of deductions. Again, a 7% mm -hmm. difference uh, on a 
you know, on an annual budget that might be, you know, three hundred or four hundred thousand, isn't going to kill you. Yeah. But a little more action out there. But start adding these things together. We talk about the cord cutting and the deductions we've seen there. Right. We talk about the FCC's order and the deductions, the deductions that we'll see there. All of these things sort of add up together to a little bit of a bleak future. And I wanted to mention too that. In my experience, we have a ton of support in the Massachusetts legislature. Good. People are, you know, representatives and senators are always uh, saying how much, you know, a, a lot of them utilize the facilities that, you know, that in the, mm-hmm. in the areas they represent. So they're always saying how much they support it. But the problem is it's, it's never the most vital thing in the world. Right. And, and you hinted at this earlier, and I thought it was poignant because... What I fear is that it, it will never get the attention that it needs until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then people will be worried about what they've lost. So we understand that what we're doing is not saving lives, is not, you know, uh, but we are providing, I think, a little bit of a fabric to tie a lot of communities together. Yeah. And without that, there isn't as much communication going on within municipalities. I don't think anybody, forget going back to the 50s, which I did at the top of the show, anybody going back 20 years ago were worried about local newspapers. I think, but it was on the near horizon in terms of what was gonna happen. And we took it for granted, didn't we? So this is a little chastening in a a way. Um, We could be looking in the same rear view mirror if there isn't real commitment to uh, to this, I think that's that's absolutely accurate, and that's as media professionals, we're looking at it now and saying, okay. And we've been talking about this for probably ten years about you know what about future future funding? What's going to happen? You know, and you can't tell. No one knows mm-hmm. really. You know, um, the way that our lives go day to day now is so much different from from the way it used to be. It's, it's difficult to predict where it's going. Right, right. But I think that there is still a need, is obviously always going to be a need for people to, to connect, for, for governments to be open mm-hmm. and communicate with their mm-hmm. constituents. There's always going to be a need for uh, informing the public. We have a vehicle, and we are hoping that that won't go away. Well, I used the word parochial before. This is, you know, on our local public access channel and so forth. Interesting to know that you've been uh, working hard at mass access, uh, communities throughout the state who are at different stages of development in terms of how they're using what we have at present Mm -hmm. and how much foresight they have about what's coming down the road. We haven't even gotten out of the Massachusetts, the Commonwealth's borders. There are 49 other states, if I'm counting right. Um, Is there, watching the clock on this, but is there some sort of association of, in other states, uh, of your counterparts where... Yes. Yeah, there there are many other statewide organizations. Some states are stronger than others, and there are some national uh, organizations that that we also partner with, the Alliance for Community Media or NATOA, which is... As a, as a longer, uh, the acronym will do for it because it's, okay. a, it's a national association of telecommunications, blah, blah, blah. 
goes on and on. So there are some national organizations that we also partner with that are that are sort of watchdogging things on a national level. That's that's terrific. And it as, is. As I think about what what you're doing in communities like Gloucester throughout the state and nationally, David Gothier, thank you so much for joining <laughs> no us. No problem. We can go on all day. And for your mission. <laughs> well, we could, but the show has to come to a close. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Michael.